You are listening to Career Up Now Socially Distanced Close-Ups. Let's jump in on the conversation. started out in your career, did you envision kind of being a founder of your own practice? Well, when I first started out, I was about 22. I had no idea what the future would look like other than I wanted to study social policy and decision making at Berkeley. And I got out of school, was married very young at that point, around 23. And what I knew was that business was really interesting to me. The markets, the changes, the growth, which is very interesting. So I borrowed some business books, got some lingo together, and eventually ended up in a couple of amazing roles. So I spent my first 10 years in technology sales and product leadership and almost 25 years working as an entrepreneur after that in the field of bringing technical people into projects and also some permanent search for those companies. So those are major Fortune 500 companies. That was called SSA Consulting. And then when outsourcing rose in America, companies began to send work to China and India. And, you know, it looked like I was moving farther away from my passion, which is actually to support the human effort in business. So I took this opportunity to study some new things, get a coaching credential. This is about 10 years ago. And during that time, I realized that I thought a lot of it was very loosey-goosey. And I couldn't imagine that my business clients would be interested. So I was really interested in science at that time. Started studying some biology, psychology, physics, very high level, the brain, the mind, the body. and so. I then created something called human sight. It's my own registered term. And it's a multidimensional process of understanding how our bodies, our minds, our hearts, how everything works together and how we use our own science to our utmost capacity. So that's what I do today. I learned many years ago that my life is really about a story and it's my own story. Nobody can have the same story you have. And understanding that and understanding all the different pieces, it's kind of a mystery, mm-hmm. especially being young uh, and evolving, because that's what careers are. They're long. They, they evolve and you change over time, good or bad. And I kind of think of them as puzzles. So we're influenced by the experiences we have. So my, my idea was to get myself influenced by the right people, doing things that were interesting to me. Uh, at that time, early on in my career, I was part of a five-woman uh, group that met once a month at someone's house. These were very senior women in technology. I was very young, and they were not. And it was very interesting to get that influence. I was active in National Association of Professional Saleswomen. That equally was amazing. And I've spent almost 40 years volunteering for board work and doing work at the Jewish Federation, which I kind of pulled up a list of some of the things I've done and it's kind of long. So I've done all kinds of things that relate to people in that industry. So I think that's probably very focused, very goal oriented, but 
to me, um, life is not a series of goals and objectives. It's, it's really a path to be walked entirely for its own sake. And I wished I had known that many years ago. But I'm sharing that because I've learned that. And really, personal power, which I think all of us need to spend a little time thinking about and, and, and working on, is created when we create our story and marry it with wisdom. So you've done a lot of really interesting things in almost defining a new field, it seems like. Can you talk about some of those that you've done in your own business and kind of how you shaped that? Well, sure. I shaped it by focusing on the things that interested me. And I checked in with a lot of technical leaders, and this was something that they would like more of. And many of the coaches and executive people that came to help them out did not have a technology background. And so I mirrored that pretty clearly with loving the sciences at high level. I'm by no means an expert in physiology or physics. And you know, my, my goal with my business is to help my clients optimize their contribution to both themselves and the bigger world. So is it mostly that you're doing individual coaching or is it coaching through organizations as well? It's a combination of both. Interesting. Very unique space, which uh, now is picking up a lot of steam, it seems like, uh, around the country, probably around the world as well. Well, you know, this pandemic that I know you had asked a question about on this sheet, the pandemic has provided us with a rare opportunity to take stock of how we as individuals impact the world, our lifestyles, our work cultures, our values. You know, it's a wake up call to think about ourselves, those who are close to us, moving ahead in a meaningful way. You know, our planet needs our minds. We certainly have to deal with bigotry and racism and things that I would have hoped would not have been the case at this point. But I think it's obvious that the infrastructures need to change. And I'm very saddened how this all happened. But I'm very aware that I've been wanting these kinds of changes for years. And our world needs new ways to collaborate on personal levels, not through software, but through meaningful conversations. Organizationally in business, I think we need more beginner mindsets, not expert mindsets constantly. And um, when you have a beginner mindset, you open up to learning. And I think that that's really an important piece of personal development. So my, my goal is to help create a sustainable future. And uh, the pace has just accelerated. Expertise is getting more mature. We simply know a lot. There's lots of data. But what's the real value? How we're going to use it? And what is it really about? We simply know more things today, so we need to kind of shift those KPIs so that they're relevant. And so you did mention some of the resources that helped you in your career. And so some of those were groups of women that, that have kind of held your hand as you were moving through the technology space. What are some other resources that you, you can think of that maybe are helpful for individuals looking to, to grow and uh, succeed? Well, I think that my field is one of those resources. Again, but if they're in business, they need 
a coach that has a really strong understanding of what they're dealing with every day. Uh, you can give all kinds of tools to people, but it's really about how relevant is it when you get back to your office. So there's that. I'm part of some international learning groups. There's a variety of things. Um, there's some really good books out there. I try to stay in touch with people that are forward thinking. And, you know, the intentional learning is really, really important. It's not always about the newest book that's out and, and that it's modern. Uh, the thinking that I go through started in Aristotle's world. It's ancient. And I'm not really sure it's changed. Maybe the application has, but the truth is that I, I work with an Enneagram with my clients and that's a personality assessment and that's an ancient, ancient tool. And I pick from Eastern medicine, Western medicine, science, and it depends on my client and what makes sense for them. So I would say a, a group like Career Up could have the possibility of being an amazing space um, and as an advisor, I feel very fortunate to be part of this because it couldn't be a better match for who I am. So one of the things that you talked about uh, in your answer is that really drawing from a lot of different areas to put it all in one space. And I would imagine that takes the ability to find time to reflect. And so can you talk through how you find that time or how do you find these resources and put them uh, in practice? It's a really good question. I'm a voracious reader and I choose the things that I read very carefully. If I see something online that looks interesting, I literally send it to myself. I keep lots of stacks of lots of stuff, but behind me is a very, very big file cabinet <laughs> And I actually just threw out client files that are 30 years old, 25 years old. It's time. So uh, how do I do that? I, I read, I check in, I look to see what's going on regular basis. I'm an investor, so I'm pretty aware of the market. I think I read everything from pieces of the Wall Street Journal to pieces of the science stuff and the mindful magazine once in a while. So I do a plethora of things that has been useful to me all my career. And uh, I did this while I was raising my now 33 year old. So I found time and it's, it's tremendous discipline. Yeah. But I I would... any, anything that anything you do that you're going to do well takes that kind of discipline. Absolutely. Uh, can you think of a time where you had a teachable moment that uh, made you stop and reassess and maybe pivot the direction where you were going? Yeah, my teachable moment was probably when I transitioned. I've had many, but probably the most current is when I transitioned into coaching. I didn't do it for the idea of working in it. I did it for my own personal growth. And I think the other thing was that I remember one of my bosses when I was in corporate life and I was relatively uh, young and I was very upset about a project that we had worked on that I was part of did not get executed. I was really angry. I was really upset. I was bothered. And 
the one line that she, when I eventually got up enough courage to go talk to her about it, she said, people don't fail, projects do. And I think that is a pivotal comment in terms of something I will never forget. What does that mean to you? Because I think there's a lot of depth in that comment. What does that mean to you and how has that shaped some of the work that you've done since? You know, when I was young and I was working in hardcore business, it was always about deliverables, always about finishing, always about doing your best. And up until that point, I had always worked hard and done my best in college. And then when I first started working and I couldn't imagine that here I did my best, everybody did their best and it still didn't happen. And so that created a sense of personal understanding as I reflect on it, that she was right. People don't fail, but projects come and go all the time. And don't ask me why I didn't get it, but I didn't really get it. And it was really an upsetting time for me. And so I see that you've um, transitioned several times during your career. And that's very challenging for folks, right? As they're starting out, and especially if they're very successful in, in a particular field, uh, there's a defined path forward for most individuals. And then sometimes it's just not a happy path, right? So how do you find the courage to say, okay, I may be doing really well here, but let me try my hand in something different. Courage comes from within. And I had never thought about my own business. My first company, I was starting out a business plan. It was a summer. And one of my network engineers offered to put, an in, to put a, a network in my closet. And that's how that started. And one of my clients during that same period very large organization asked if I was interested in doing more business with them, et cetera, et cetera. So does that kind of answer your question? You, you have courage and you also have karma and you also use your intuition. And most important, in addition to all of that, you make sure that you're financially solvent during the startup time and Throughout it, actually, I ended up with 50 people working for me on on projects, and that's an all, that's an awful lot of W2s uh, in those days. So uh, I stuck to who I was, and it's a lot about our values and where we come from and what's important to us. I would say I have a personal core value, which would be honesty, mm -hmm. and I have a business core value that would be honor my clients and be excellent at what I do. And so with those values, it's always driven me to do my best work. And, and if my best work isn't what they need to let them know that and help them find an expert who does have that expertise. And it sounds to me that it was also a little bit of taking advantage of the opportunities as they were presenting themselves. So being open to say, hey, this may be something worth exploring and not having just a tunnel vision of this is the path, but also having maybe it's a bit of curiosity. And I heard that as you were talking about reading from various different sources and being purposeful, but does it sound like that uh, resonates where it's 
taking advantage of the opportunities that maybe surface along the way. It does, but I would say in my case, I created the opportunities. As much as I was introduced to this company and they were very excited about what I was doing with them already, I was already planning on leaving other people's companies and starting my own because I was able to truly visualize what it would be like and what the benefit would be to my family. I will say that there are activities of work that I call them that are being redefined and we need to define them for ourselves individually. And they are the non-traditional kinds of things like you mentioned curiosity, imagination, intuition, creativity, empathy, especially today, empathy and compassion. And then there's the emotional and social intelligences that we need to build as our base in order to emanate to the bigger world. You can't short shoot uh, or you can't partially commit. It doesn't exist. You don't put your toe in the water too often and you create your story as you're doing it. And that's pretty much what I did. And it sounds for those opportunities, you know, and again, you've created them, but it sounds a little bit of using individuals around you right? So using your network to get connected in. So can you talk a little bit about how you would go or how you did go actually, but using your network to build up your business? Sure. In those days, we didn't have LinkedIn. We didn't have what we have today. So you have to understand that people actually went to lots of meetings and your day at work was your day at work plus whatever was going on in the evening. And so myself, between volunteer time, where you meet a lot of people, and my professional time, that's, I, I listened to lots of presentations. I also spoke at conferences. So I gave, I had access to some of the best leaders, some of the women governors, some of the, well, like women in technology, women governors, a lot of women. But my plight was my plight. So I had to strategically sit by a person of value for me, reach out to people that I thought would be valuable. Today, some of them are still my friends. Just yesterday, one of my ex-clients from a major company in the city and I were connecting and I remembered when I went to England, we went to visit his mom. He lived in Manchester. And, um, you know, I was talking to him about him just yesterday, and I think I've known him 30 years. So I keep relationships up. That's really a key point. And it's not about once in a while asking people for advice. Send that thank you note, put it in the mail, spend the 50 cents, do something nice for someone who helps you. That's just common sense to me. But I know that some people don't know that. And, and if, you, if you would think that I was raised with people that spent time talking about this, absolutely not. My father was a scientist, as scientisty as they come. <laughs> My sister and brother went into the medical field. I was 
the one with rose-colored glasses, as my father used to say. Do what feels right for you. And attitude is certainly important. So, Keen, and you mentioned this a little bit earlier in our conversation, but why do you think mentorship programs such as Career Up Now are very important for, um, I guess, young women, but also young individuals, not just women? Well, I think the, the world we live in is very, very fast-paced. And I think that when you participate in a Career Up kind of organization, or the mentoring programs I've created before, hopefully you're building some relationships that will be valuable to you. And you do that over a long period of time. You have to be careful. People are busy. And I think this is the place, especially with this this program you're involved in, this will give people anywhere in the world some incredible advice. And that's what it's all about, is sharing that advice and then taking it in and working exceptionally hard to get what it is you want. Can you think of a mentorship in your personal life that really made a huge difference for you? I like multi-generational situations. And I have known some older people who I love being around because of their advice. And one in particular, when I was very young, I spent a little time in her library. And she had an amazing library. She was a very bright woman. And that's when I got introduced to philosophy. And that philosophy and understanding people and humans and what goes on in life, I think she was probably one of the most influential. So uh, is there anything else that you can think of before we wrap up today that you want to share with uh, young people that may be watching this uh, as a takeaway that maybe we didn't cover in our conversation? Well, I love what I do. And as an executive coach to help people optimize their best self by knowing high level what's going on in their bodies and their minds, et cetera, I think this is an incredible field of value. Knowing this work, whether you you take it in with a coach or you do it yourself, do the work. That's the value, do the work. Because nine out of 10 conversations miss their mark. That's a recent study, that's kind of scary. We need to know how to converse. We need to know how to build trust and groups. Increase oxytocin ask questions perhaps where you have no answers and you're really trying to focus on what is that person saying as opposed to thinking about how you're going to respond to what that person is saying. So really gaining some communication skills, professional skills in the area of how to develop trust. I think that's a key area. And I think we're going to see more of this kind of um, ideology as business progresses. But I would say that that's probably the, the most important is relationship building and, and trust building. You've mentioned that nine out of 10 conversations, you know, the, the information's not communicated um, effectively. So any advice that you can share on how to overcome that? Well, I believe that everything happens through conversations. You know, we have inner critics up here, that's those kind of conversations. 
we have the kind of conversation we're having here, this exchange. It's a real discipline to understand how to calm your mind, how to truly be present. I know mindfulness is, you know, it's, it's over the top with uh, ideas of how to do it, but you have, to, you have to really learn and that requires practice. So there are many things that I do with clients uh, that I call practices. You know, there's a quote that I'd like to say because I think that this would be a good way to share how I really think about this. And it's to get to the next level of greatness depends on the quality of the culture, which depends on the quality of the relationships, which depends on the quality of conversation. And all of this is rooted in science. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today and sharing your insights. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Larissa. 